0: Well, as I said before, today is the climax of 14 weeks of looking at the gospel according to Luke. Hoy estamos llegando a lo que es la cumbre del estudio de Lucas. And if you're just for the first time joining us, you get to be at the top with us as we are so excited to share today uh, the scripture that is the focus of this Resurrection Sunday, this Easter Sunday. Quisiera compartir con ustedes el texto de este Domingo de la Resurrección. It's found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, and we're going to be reading verses 36 to 49. Lucas 24, del 36 al 49. I want to invite you to to get that in front of you, if you are able, through your phone, through a book, whatever form you have, and to follow with me. Espero que puedan seguir conmigo. As we've done throughout this series, we're covering an entire chapter today, there's more I'll be talking about. I'll, I'll be referring to it. So I hope you'll have chapter 24 open as we go through this together. Voy a estar cubriendo también lo que es el capítulo 24. So here we go. There is a long-standing tradition that on, on the Sunday of the resurrection, we stand for the reading of the gospel story, the Easter story. Hay una tradición de ponerse de pie para la lectura sobre la resurrección. The reason is this. The word resurrection in the New Testament, it literally means to stand up from the dead. Resurrección quiere decir ponerse de pie de los muertos. So if you are alive and you are grateful that Jesus is alive, stand up with me as we share this. I'll read first in English and then we'll read it in Spanish. Voy a leer primero en inglés y después en español. While they, that is the eleven disciples, were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Todavía estaban los once discípulos hablando acerca de esto, cuando Jesús mismo se puso en medio de ellos y les dijo, «Paz a ustedes». Aterrorizados creyeron que veían a un espíritu. «¿Por qué se asustan tanto?» les preguntó. «¿Por qué les vienen dudas? Miren mis manos y mis pies, soy yo mismo. Tóquenme y vean, un espíritu no tiene carne ni huesos como ven que los tengo yo». Dicho esto, les mostró las manos y los pies como ellos no acababan de creerlo a causa de la alegría y del asombro, les preguntó, ¿tienen aquí algo de comer? Le dieron un pedazo de pescado asado, así que lo tomó y se lo comió delante de ellos. Luego les dijo, cuando todavía estaba yo con ustedes, les decía que tenía que cumplirse todo lo que está escrito acerca de mí en la ley de Moisés, en los profetas y en los salmos. Entonces, les abrió el entendimiento para que comprendieran las Escrituras. Esto es lo que está escrito, les explicó. Que el Cristo padecerá y resucitará al tercer día, y en su nombre se predicarán el arrepentimiento y el perdón de pecados a todas las naciones, comenzando por Jerusalén. Ustedes son testigos de estas cosas. Ahora voy a enviarles lo que ha prometido mi Padre, Pero ustedes, quédense en la ciudad hasta que sean revestidos del poder de lo alto. So, if you were to ask me why it is that I like to watch sports, and I do, if you were to ask me that, uh, I could probably give you a lot of different reasons. Podría darles muchos pretextos por los cuales me gusta mirar el deporte. But I would say at the top of the list, easily at the top of the list, of the reasons that I like to watch sports is really, in the end, I love to be surprised by the impossible. de todo me gusta ser sorprendido por lo imposible. And there have been a lot of uh, seemingly impossible moments in sports. For example, I think back to the 1988 World Series in baseball, en la Serie Mundial de 1988, an injured Kirk Gibson comes up to bat with two outs in the ninth inning. The Dodgers are losing, and they have one more chance, one more out. Kirk Gibson, Gibson, que está lastimado, viene al bate, y les queda una, una posibilidad de ganar. Están perdiendo. He can barely walk. Not to mention swing the bat. He can hardly function at all. Apenas puede caminar, apenas puede balancear el bate. And yet, somehow, out of the blue, he flicks his wrist and rockets the ball over the stadium, over this into the seats for a home run that wins the game. Él mueve su muñeca, mueve su muñeca y lanza un honrón y gana. And as Kirk Gibson is... Is limping, literally limping around the bases. cojeando de base One of the announcers, Jack Buck, famously exclaims, "I can't believe what I just saw." No puedo creer lo que acabo de ver, dice un anunciador. I can't believe what I just saw. There's another moment that sticks in my head from just a couple of years ago. Hace un par de años. It's the football playoffs. Football Americano, uh, my team, the Vikings. They're they're losing uh, against New Orleans. Mi equipo los Víkingos están perdiendo en contra de Nueva Orleans. It's the last play of the game. Ten seconds left. Solo quedan diez segundos y están perdiendo. And receiver Stefan Diggs jumps in the air, grabs a pass out of midair, evades two defenders, and races down the sideline for a game-winning touchdown as time expires that had never happened in those playoffs before. Receptor agarra el balón y va para un touchdown cuando expira el tiempo del juego. And it's amazing. Again, announcer Paul Allen of the Vikings says, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's a Minneapolis miracle. Me estás tomando el pelo, dice el anunciador. Es un milagro. So you see, when we're surprised by the impossible, we're going to say things like that. We're going to say things like, I can't believe what I just saw. Are you kidding me? That's incredible. Me estás tomando el pelo. No puedo creer lo que acabo de ver. Es increíble. In fact, the word incredible doesn't mean, hey, that's marvelous, that's amazing. The word incredible means unbelievable. We we can't believe it. No lo podemos creer. Increíble quiere decir que que es algo que no creemos. But why is it that we don't believe? ¿Por qué no creemos? I think we could say we don't believe when those kinds of things happen because, because we're trained not to believe. We're conditioned to doubt things. Estamos acondicionados para dudar. We're, we're, we're really trained and, and you know, prepared to not be convinced. Estamos preparados para no estar convencidos. And so it is when we come to Luke chapter 24 and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, así con la resurrección de Cristo. For those first witnesses who who saw Jesus, for those first witnesses who experienced the resurrection, the reaction is pretty much what we've been talking about just now. They can't believe what they just saw the women who go to the empty tomb and and Peter, who peeks into the tomb las mujeres y Pedro que van a ese vacío. and then in chapter 24, we have these two disciples that encounter Jesus on the road to Emmaus, los dos discípulos que encuentran a Jesús en el camino a Emmaus, and then the 11 disciples that meet with Jesus in the same room, los once discípulos que se encuentran con Jesús. All of them are in the same position. In fact, all of them, I think, fit the description that Jesus gives in chapter 24, verse 25. Todos son según la descripción que da Jesús. They are slow of heart to believe what has happened. Son de corazón para creer lo que ha pasado. But why is that? Why is this so hard for us to believe? ¿Por qué es tan difícil creer esto? Well, I think it goes back to something I just said. We have been trained not to believe. We've been conditioned to doubt first. Somos acondicionados a no creer. And it really goes back to the very beginning. It goes back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, Génesis 3, 1, where the serpent said something to Eve. The serpent said this, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Es verdad que Dios les dijo que no comieran de ningún fruto del árbol? Did God really say you can't have any of this? Es verdad que Dios dijo que no esto. Actually, God didn't say that. God said you can eat everything but one. Dios dijo pueden comer de todo menos de un árbol. And yet what the serpent did there is he planted a seed of doubt in Eve and then in Adam, a seed of doubt that's been for all of us, with all of us, since that point, es una semilla de la duda que está con nosotros ahora mismo. And so when it comes to the resurrection, what we see basically here is that we, along with the disciples, are really saying, is this true? How could this, did God really say that this would be so? ¿Es verdad que Dios dijera esto? Well, let's take a look. We find in Luke chapter 9, verse 22, Jesus even before he headed for Jerusalem, he said this, the son of man, he's referring to himself, will be handed over. He will suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Dijo Jesús en Lucas 9.22, el Hijo del Hombre tiene que sufrir muchas cosas y ser rechazado por los ancianos, los jefes, los maestros de la ley. Es necesario que lo maten y que resucite el tercer día. Did Jesus really say he would rise from the dead? Yeah, he did. He said it again in a different form in Luke chapter 13, verse 32, Lucas 13, 32. He's talking to Herod, the governor, and he says, I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. He's talking about the resurrection. Mira, hoy mañana seguiré expulsando demonios y sanando la gente. Al tercer día terminaré. Lo que debo hacer es la resurrección. And then we go to Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 31. Lucas 18, 31. Jesus says, we're going to Jerusalem. Everything written about me is going to be fulfilled. Here it is, the son of man, that's me, will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him and kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again from the dead. Entonces, Jesús dice, el hijo del hombre será entregado los gentiles, se burlarán de él, lo insultarán, lo escupirán, y después de azotarlo, lo matarán, y al tercer día, resucitará. So, did Jesus really say that this was going to happen? Yes, he did. And not only did Jesus say it, through him God said it. Dios lo dijo, Jesús lo dijo, but not only did God say it, God wrote it down. God wrote it. Dios lo escribió también. And here we see Jesus himself pointing to this in a couple of places. If we go back to Luke chapter 24, Lucas 24, verse 27, as he's on the road with these disciples on the way to Emmaus, and it says here this in verse 27, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Comenzando por y todos los profetas explicó lo que se refería él en todas las escrituras. And what did all the scriptures say of the Old Testament? Moses and the prophets, if you go back one verse, he says, the Christ had to suffer and then enter his glory. El Cristo tenía que sufrir y después entrar en su gloria. In other words, the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible was pointing to this. That this was going to happen, it was written down If we go to Luke 24:44, Lucas 24:44. And there he's with the 11, está con los 11, and he says, "This is what I told you: Everything must be fulfilled, that is written about me in the law of Moses." The prophets and the Psalms. Jesús, todo que está escrito de mí tiene que ser cumplido según lo que dice eh, acerca de mí en la ley de Moisés, en los profetas y en los salmos. And then in verse 45, it says something very powerful. That Jesus opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Jesús les abrió la mente para que comprendieran las escrituras. He opened them up to see what they should have seen, what they could have seen but didn't. It was there in black and white all along. Esto and en blanco y negro. What was there? What were the scriptures saying? Luke 24. 46. This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. Esto es lo que está escrito. El Cristo padecerá y resucitará al tercer día y en su nombre se predicarán el arrepentimiento y el perdón de pecados a todas las naciones comenzando en Jerusalén. So it was there. Jesus said it, God said it, and not only that, God wrote it, Dios lo dijo y lo escribió, and not only did God say it, and not only did God write it, God did it, that's the point, Dios lo hizo, Christ is risen from the dead. He is risen indeed. Cristo ha resucitado los muertos. Ha resucitado, ha resucitado de verdad. And, and here's the thing: He's not just risen up as a vapor. He has risen up in flesh and blood, and that makes all the difference. He resucitado de cuerpo y de huesos. In fact, if we look here at Luke 24, one prominent Bible scholar makes the point that what we see in Luke 24 is really a kind of reversal of what went wrong in the Garden of Eden. It's the opposite. algo de lo que ocurrió el huerto de Edén. Let me see if I can unpack this just a little bit for us. First of all, in Luke 24:18, we find Jesus walking on the road, and it says he's talking with a disciple named Clopas. In Lucas 24, 18, talking Cleophas. Now, we don't know who that other disciple is, but there are two of them. Hay dos disciples? Hay dos. But here's an educated guess that some Bible scholars give. Some believe that Clopas is with another disciple who may be, may be his wife. Puede que esté con su esposa. Why do Bible scholars think that? Well, if you turn to John nineteen twenty-five, Juan 19, 25, there you find the only other mention in, in the Gospels of a man named Clopas. Se menciona otro, Cleophas. And it says that at the foot of the cross, watching the resurrection, was a woman named Mary, who was the wife of Clopas. Dice que María, uh, esposa de Cleofas, estaba a los pies de la cruz. Now, we don't know for sure, but it's possible it's possible that this is a couple. Es posible que esta es una pareja. Now, we don't know for sure, but I want to take you back to Genesis chapter 3. Miremos Genesis capítulo 3, versículo 6. There we find, it says in verse 6, that the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom. And so she took some of that fruit and touched it and ate it. And the eyes of her and her husband, Adam, were opened, it says. La mujer vio que el fruto tenía buen aspecto, que era bueno para adquirir y deseable para adquirir sabiduría, así que la lo tomó, lo comió, y se abrieron a Adán y Eva sus ojos y tomaron conciencia de su desnudez. Fast forward now to these two disciples. Vamos adelante estos dos. This may be another couple like Adam and Eve. Puede ser otra pareja como Dan y Eva. We don't know for sure. No sabemos por cierto. But here's what we can say. That when Jesus talked to them about what the scriptures said, their hearts were burning with desire. They were, had a desire moving up in them. Tenía un deseo en su corazón, en su corazón. And then when he broke The bread before them, cuando uh, partió el pan, it says in Luke 24, 31, the eyes of both of them were opened. Se les abrieron los ojos. And they saw Jesus. They recognized Jesus. Reconocieron a Jesús. It's the opposite of what happened in the garden. Lo puesto del jardín. The serpent had them take the fruit and their eyes were opened to good and evil, to sin. Se abrieron los ojos al pecado en el huerto de Edén. But now, these two have their eyes opened to Jesus. Ahora tienen sus ojos abiertos a Jesús. I want to go to another place, to, to Luke 24, verse 39, when Jesus is before the 11 disciples. He appears out of nowhere in the middle of this room, Lucas 24, 39, and he says to them, Why are you doubting? ¿Por qué dudan ustedes? ¿Por qué les vienen dudas? And then he shows them his hands And he shows them his feet and he says, look at me, touch me and see. A ghost doesn't have uh, flesh and blood like I do. Les muestran las manos, los pies, dicen, tóqueme y vean, un fantasma, un espíritu no tiene carne ni huesos como ven que los tengo yo. What's Jesus doing? He's inviting them. He's enticing them to see and to touch and to believe. Está a ver y tocar y creer. He's, in a sense, seducing them to faith, just as the serpent tried to seduce Adam and Eve to see the fruit and touch it and eat it. Jesus is doing the opposite. Jesús les está seduciendo a creer, como la serpiente sedujo a Adán y Eva para tocar el fruto y verlo it's the reverse. It's the opposite of what has happened here. Jesus is doing something new and he's doing something different. And here's what we can see about what's going on in Luke chapter 24. That this resurrection is something so wonderful. It is so amazing. It is so great. The disciples can't believe it. No pueden creer que es tan grande. Adam and Eve couldn't believe and out of fear they hid from God. Adan Eva no creyeron y por medio se escondieron de Dios. But here the disciples cannot believe for a different reason. It says in chapter uh, 24, verse 41, they couldn't believe out of joy, out of amazement. No pudieron creer por alegría, asombro. They couldn't believe what they just saw. Are you kidding me? It's Jesus. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is significant for a lot of reasons. But one important reason that we must understand the significance of the resurrection is that it actually has the power to open us up to believe. La resurrección nos abre para creer. Look at what happens in chapter 24 the open tomb opens up the women and opens up peter to believe abierto abre a y a las mujeres a creer jesus opening up the scriptures and opening up the bread opens the two disciples in Emmaus to believe Jesus opening the scriptures opening the bread abre los dos discípulos en Emaús a creer and then the same Jesus opening up his hands and, and opening up his mouth to explain the, the plan of God in the, the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, his opening of those things opens up the 11 disciples. It opens their minds. It opens their hearts to believe. Jesus, abriendo su boca para explicar el plan de Dios, abriendo sus manos, abre los para creer. You see, in his resurrection, Jesus doesn't just open up the grave. He opens us up. Jesús nos abre a nosotros. He opens us up. He invites, he entices us to believe that what God said is true. Nos invita a creer lo que Dios dijo es verdad. And he opens us up to experience what God has always intended for us. Nos abre a experimentar lo que Dios ha intentado. What is God intending? New life. In a new creation. La nueva vida en una nueva creación. Because you see, Jesus is not the end of the story. Jesus' resurrection is not the end of the story. It's the beginning of a new story, of a new creation. La resurrección es el comienzo en una nueva historia, de una nueva creación. And Jesus really in this is, he's the new Adam. Jesus is the new man. And he's he's enticing us as he enticed the disciples. He's inviting us to look, to see, to open up. To let go of our dependence on an old creation. To let go of our addiction to the ways of the old Adam. The dead ways of sin. And he's opening us up to embrace his new path nos abre a dejar los caminos del viejo Adán y de la vieja creación para abrazar a Él. And here's the promise. If you will embrace Jesus, you too will be raised from the dead like Him. Tú estarás resucitado también con Él y como Él. That's the good news. Now, we need to understand what resurrection is. That's the thing I want to just kind of point us to right now. Resurrection does not mean that our hope is that someday after we die, we can be these floating angels or spirits on the clouds playing harps. That's not our hope. Nuestra esperanza no es de ser como fantasmas o ángeles en las nubes tocando arpas. The resurrection of Jesus Christ didn't happen that way. It was in flesh and blood. Esto en carne y huesos. And what that means is that what Jesus has become in his resurrection is what we who believe in him will be. Lo que Jesús ha venido a hacer, los que queremos, vamos a hacer eso también. What has Jesus become? As I said, he's raised with a new body. Raised up with a new body, and yet somehow everyone is able to recognize this is Jesus. Tiene un nuevo cuerpo y sin embargo reconocen que es Jesús. He's raised with a body, get this, that can eat fish and yet it can appear out of nowhere. Figure that one out. Es un cuerpo que puede comer pescado y también aparecer de la pura nada. Jesus is raised with a body that that still has the scars and the wounds from the cross, from the past. Tiene las cicatrices del pasado su cuerpo and yet this is a body that can never suffer pain again, can never die again, es un cuerpo que no sufre dolor ni va a morir, jamás never ever and this is the hope we have the body with which Jesus is raised is a body that can live on earth and it's a body that is perfectly fit for heaven es un cuerpo que puede vivir en la tierra o el cielo it can go to either place, why? Because this is the plan of God. The plan of God is to bring heaven and earth back together again. Plan de Dios es unir la tierra y el cielo. When Adam and Eve sinned, heaven and earth were separated into God's space and our space. But Jesus, by his resurrection, he's, he's put together the first stitch in the fabric of knitting together heaven and earth once again. And that's the promise that we have in the Bible of a new heaven, a new earth, our space and God's space coming together where we live with God forever. And the resurrection will fit us for that. La visión es que Jesús pone la primera costu- costura de unir un nuevo cielo, una nueva tierra donde vamos a habitar con Dios para siempre. It's going to be so incredible we won't believe what we're going to see. No vamos a creer lo que vamos a ver. That's the good news. And Jesus says here, you are witnesses of that. Ustedes son testigos de eso you are to tell others that this is your hope. And this is the good news that's so needed right now in the midst of everything that we're living in, where there is a lot of sickness and there's a lot of death all around us. Hay enfermedad, hay muerte por por todos lados en en nuestro mundo, but we have the opportunity to be witnesses to something. And Jesus wants to open people up to him. This morning I just sent out some text messages to a few people at sunrise. I said, he is risen. He is risen indeed. mañana envié unos textos a las personas. He's risen indeed. You know what? Pass that good news on to two other people and ask them to do the same. Transmitting esa buena noticia a los demás. Cristo ha resucitado para que hagan lo mismo. I don't know how far that's gone. But in just two or three hours, I hope it's gone all through sunrise and beyond. That's what we're called to do in our daily life, to, to go viral with that message. Queremos uh, uh, pasar ese mensaje de forma viral because this is what our world needs. Are you skeptical this morning? Are you saying this, this, this isn't real? I want to challenge you to be opened up to believe by the resurrection of Jesus. I believe because Jesus is alive, he is actually enticing you right now. Si eres escéptico, Jesús quiere invitarte. He's saying, look at me. Look at what has happened. If you are skeptical, if you're not sure about all this, what I want to invite you to do is to do what we as a church have done over the last uh, few months. I want to invite you to read Luke from, from cover to cover, the Gospel of Luke. Les invito a que lean el Evangelio de Lucas. Immerse yourself in the birth, the life, the miracles, the teaching, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Sumergete en el nacimiento, vida, uh, en milagros, enseñanza, uh, muerte y resurrección de Jesús. And see for yourself. God said it. God did it. There is good historical reason to believe that what we have here is reliable. Reliable. Hay una verdad histórica que tenemos aquí. And I want to invite you. Is there, is there something burning in your heart right now? Hay algo ardiendo en tu corazón? Like there was something burning in the heart of those on the road to Emmaus? Then this is my invitation simply today. That, that you would doubt. Doubt your faith in the old Adam and the old creation. Que duden su fe en la vieja creación y en el viejo Adán. Doubt that sin can ever give you what you're looking for. And believe. Open up to believe and embrace the new life that Jesus Christ wants for you. Forgiveness and healing and transformation. Que te abras a creer en Jesús y abrazarlo. And then get on a journey with him. And this is the promise God gives us. We won't believe what we're going to see. No vamos a poder creer lo que vamos a ver. Please pray with me. Por favor, oren conmigo. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning and we thank you that although we are separated from one another, we are not separated from you. We're not separated from the Holy Spirit of the risen Christ being with us right now. And God, we come as people who are learning. We're learning to lean more and more into a world we cannot see. We're learning to lean into a world where you are, God, because you're bringing us together again. Estamos aprendiendo a tener fe en un mundo que no podemos ver. I pray that today will be the beginning of people opening up to you. Opening up to a new way of living. Lord, we pray for our world, and especially right now, we cannot deny the the pain and the hurt of people who have lost loved ones. We we cannot deny that there are people right now on on ventilators, uh, who are in hospitals, who are risking their lives to help others. No podemos negar la realidad de Personas en ventiladores, personas en hospitales, sufriendo los que les ayudan también, arriesgándose la vida. We are not here today to deny that there is sickness and death in our world. Lord, we pray for those in need. We pray for those who've lost loved ones. Oramos por los que han perdido a sus queridos en este proceso, este virus. And Lord, we also are not here simply to say this is nothing but we are also here to affirm something greater. Christ, you are risen. You are risen indeed. Cristo has resucitado de verdad. Open us up to that more and more. Open us up to share with the people around us what it is to live in this world with one foot here, but with another foot leaning into new life. It's starting inside of us, but may it work its way all the way out to the day when we will have transformed bodies like that of Jesus, of our Savior. Que podamos vivir con un pie en este mundo, pero otro en la resurrección, el día en que tengamos un cuerpo transformado como el de Jesús. Lord, I thank you for each person here today, and I bless each one. I love each one, the ones I know, the ones I don't know. You love them more. Thank you for this time we've had to be in your word. Gracias por este tiempo en tu palabra. We honor you today, Lord Jesus, the risen Christ. Te honramos, Señor Jesús. And it's in your name we pray. En tu nombre oramos. Amen.